if you are located outside of the European Union, the United Kingdom and or Switzerland, then you need an authorized representative. So I have a good news, you have found it with Easy Medical Device. And if you are also in need of an importer in Europe and in Switzerland, then contact us definitely at info at easymedicaldevice.com. I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com and I'm sure we can help you. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Alazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we will talk about quality tools or more importantly, how to validate your quality tools. Uh, mainly we have, if you have passed some audits, you always have this question. Uh, do you have some quality tools? Have you validated them? And usually there is this question mark that people are having in their heads. Say, what is he talking about? So many this is that that we are trying to talk uh, about today. And we have with us Christophe uh, Girardet from Vega. Uh, Christophe, welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Hi, hi Munir. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So we had Christophe uh, previously where we talked about the quality departments and software uh, departments, how they should collaborate together for the development of software. Uh, now, yeah, let's move again in the software field about uh, validation of, of quality software. But before, uh, can you introduce uh, quickly yourself about what you, what you are doing exactly? Yeah, of course I can do that. So my name is Christoph. I've been working now since 10 years with Vega and I'm uh, specialized exactly in this area of uh, quality um, of uh, life science in general, and uh, which encompasses pharma and medical device uh, industry. And especially I'm uh, doing a lot of exactly those validation of, of software for customers. And uh, as you correctly mentioned, I saw quite a lot of question marks with our customers when we talk about quality tools. What does that mean to validate? Do I need to do that? Why do I need to do that? All these type of questions. Exactly. Yeah. So um, maybe to, to start this discussion, just to also make it clear for, for people that are listening. Um, when we are talking about quality tools, what is really inside this box of quality tools? What, what are we talking about mainly? Yeah, so actually it's it's a very good question and a, it's a broad uh, term actually, quality tools. So essentially anything that has uh, an impact on the quality of your medical device. So any systems that you would use to, to develop or to maintain the documentation or to perform also your clinical um, investigation, all these type of aspects have an impact on the quality of your medical device. And this is broad term that comes into this uh, quality tools. So uh, more precise, yeah. it, it means that anything that is generating or used uh, to generate some quality data or to prove some quality information, etc. So as soon as it is used for the purpose of providing quality uh, evidence to maybe auditors or authorities, etc. This is what mainly we are putting inside this box. Yes, exactly, exactly. And uh, when when you look in the the regulations, for example, in the twenty one CFR eight hundred, they talk about uh, precisely it's about computers or automated data processing system that are used as part of the production or, or the quality system. So it's really 
a broad term production or quality system. So it encompasses as well uh, the system you use to manage your procedures, like a quality management system. So when you use an EQMS, as many companies do, meanwhile, this also falls into such a category, but also to produce, which means, okay, if you have certain machine, uh, you also need to ensure that all of that is, um, is under control. And when you talk about software, so software as a medical device companies, they also have questions, okay, what does that mean to produce? But typically, if you use systems, for example, as well, to manage your requirements, to manage your releases, manage your changes, all these type of things also fall into this aspect of uh, quality tools. So it's quite broad. So it could be as well ERP, so enterprise resource planning systems that some company have to manage the production are also aspects like that. So it is actually a big term, and this is exactly why you also need to have procedure. So we will for sure come to that later on, but to determine on your perspective, what systems that you use fall into this category, which one are not validated relevant, which one are and for which reason. So you need to have also rational for that. Yeah. So I, I find it as, um, um, because I'm also making some audits, some internal audits with uh, some, some companies. Uh, mm-hmm. I find it like it's a, a low hanging fruit, non-conformity mm-hmm. <laughs> for me, because yeah. I, I know that uh, what well, the question I'm asking many to people is do you have some quality tools or quality software and they are scratching their head and say I don't know I'm using Excel for that or I'm using SharePoint or I'm using this and that and we start to dig and dig and dig and find more and more tools that they are using for quality and this is when we are starting to uh, to um, to see the problems and as I said it's a really low hanging fruit for a lot of uh, auditors to 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 find that I also heard from many customers that from notified bodies also got non-conformities uh, when they did the, the ISO certification, because this is also explicitly stated in the 13485. So you have a specific chapter that talks about that, that uh, you need to have procedures around that uh, for the validation of software using the quality management system. It is formulated like that in the, in the ISO. And many customers on my side, they don't think so much about this part. They think a lot about the medical device itself, but not what is really around and can impact finally the quality, right? And yeah, because we we are we are thinking, uh, we we are putting in place a lot of things for the product, for the software mm-hmm. as software as medical device, software in a medical device, etc. So we are making validation uh, documents, etc., testing, etc., cybersecurity tests, etc. But we are not putting a priority to the other uh, tools also. So this is mainly why we have that. But why, I mean, we answered maybe a bit of this question, but why do we need to validate those quality tools mainly? Because mainly they are, it's not the thing that we are using to sell. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are not selling the, selling it. We are selling another software or another hardware device or another thing. So why is there specifically a validation? similar to a software as a medical device, why should we validate that? And what kind of things yeah, is expected when we are talking about uh, quality tools then? So the why is first, because it's also really stated like that in the law and in the standards. Yeah. But the sure. second aspect is also because really there is a potential impact. So thinking about the system you use, like an ERP, for example, it can really have an impact on the way you produce your system, your medical device itself. So if something goes wrong, then you could potentially have also uh, uh, issues with the medical device itself. Or if you have, uh, let's come back to the EQMS, for example, uh, validating means also ensuring that you have certain procedure in place that you know who has access to do what, who can, for example, change procedures uh, in the system. If all of a sudden anyone could 
see draft version, for example, of procedures, they could potentially uh, follow the wrong processes. So you need to have a certain um, control over such a system. And this is exactly what software validation is about, that you ensure that this system that can potentially impact the quality of your device have to be under control. And this is what is behind this broad term validation, right? And uh, what is required also by the law or legislation uh, or the standards is the fact that normally, if we are in the perfect world, um, you will first validate and then you will use. So, which is uh, not really what is happening, I suppose. <laughs> well, it, it depends. Some companies do. <laughs> That's not the biggest majority. Now, actually, this is a good distinction between what you call prospective validation yeah. and retrospective. So, normally, you, in an ideal world, as you say, you should first think about, okay, why do I need this tool? And uh, you think about that by defining uh, your requirements, then you introduce the tool, then you do all the verification. So we will come to the process for sure in a minute, but uh, all of that should happen before you do it. Because if you do it retrospectively, there is a certain risk that the software is not properly behaving as you expect, or your data maybe are not secure enough. So it's also about this type of thing. So ensuring your record, your quality records are secure, uh, 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 have a certain retention time that you need to prove that you are compliant as well. And if you don't do it prospectively, so you might have a risk that you have a certain gap. And I see it frequently with some of the startups I, I help. Uh, it's very rare that they think about that before we have conversation together, right? And then you have exactly the situation where you can do retrospectively, exactly check, okay, what is the gap? What did I do wrong? Do I need to make some kappa maybe to fix some of the issues I had? But then uh, if you need any changes in the future, then it's no longer accepted that you do it retrospectively. I think it's argumentable to say it, okay, I was not aware, I did an exercise first to do retrospectively, but then if you deploy other tools or other uh, version of the tools, then I think uh, as an inspector, I would not accept that you do it again retrospectively because this is then not a control process. This means, okay, well, I just do it because uh, you told me to do it and not because that's, I have a procedure to do so, right? Exactly. And we have um, a lot of software that are used now to collect data and to use data. Like you talked about also clinical data, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, I imagine that, for example, if you are starting a clinical investigation using those type of software, which are collecting important data, if there is no validation, um, I suppose that those data can be compromised, can maybe not be real or can be changed in the middle okay. of things without maybe you noticing it's not like on purpose maybe your software is not calibrated or not parameter enough for doing that so this is what we are trying to identify uh, during the validation is Absolutely. potential way to compromise the data or to delete just by clicking a button where we say oh i deleted the data now i cannot find them anymore and what should i do now i lost two months of work etc so this is the thing that we are trying to do with the validation, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about also this integrity of the data, yeah. especially in the clinical field. This is very important that you can't really change uh, some of the results because you are not really happy about yeah, the exactly. outcome you got, you know? So these are also type of things that you might have. So it's important to have a certain control, who have access, who can change which type of data, in which cases. Here, you need to have certain uh, process in place. So if you have to correct some data, then typically you have a certain procedure to follow and you can't just change it like that on the fly. So you need to have also some traceability. 
the term audit rail is something that is uh, used quite a lot in the 21 CFR Part 11, which is exactly also what the uh, FDA expects from us when they talk about uh, software validation. So here in clinical data, if you change data, normally you should have an audit rail that says, oh, it was you, Munir, changing this data on that day, for which reasons, and so on and so forth. And all of that, normally you should define before you set up this uh, tool in place, right? And this is why you need to have a procedure on how to validate such tools. For which tools? Because it's not for everything. So if you use just, let's take a, maybe a bad example, but just um, uh, Word as itself, as an, as an office tool, uh, per se, it is not relevant to be validated because you don't do any things that has a direct impact. But any of it for each system, that's the I would be my recommendation, have a clear assessment why such a tool would fall under a validation or not. So I have a certain, I usually call it high level risk assessment or system risk assessment that you would do for all your uh, softwares. And from there on decide, okay, this one is relevant because blah, blah, blah. And then I would go for validation. This one is not because blah, blah, blah. And I then it don't go. I think this is really a powerful um, uh, advice here because the auditor will ask you why you haven't validated this one or why you have validated this one. And having this document, this assessment with all the checklist or questions or answer or justification can help you to show also to an auditor that you have had the reflection about this. You had a, maybe a, a, a real brainstorming about this, the risk and potential things. And the auditor sometimes has nothing else to say because he's not yeah. an expert of the tool. He's not really knowing everything of the tool unless he has really a lot of uh, knowledge about that. But the point is that there is a process in place. You have made your decision. You took a risk maybe by not validating that, but you had a justification why. And then it's it's fine. It should be fine. Unless, as I said, there are always some common sense. So if the common sense says that what you have done is really not good, maybe this is the problem. But usually this is what the auditors are looking for. Really list of software that are quite irrelevant, um, all the uh, assessment for yes or no validation, et cetera, et cetera. So mm -hmm. this is really a, a good practice to do there. Absolutely. I totally agree. And there are sometimes some gray zone, like some systems yeah. like uh, CRM, customer relationship management, are frequently used for marketing purposes exactly. within a medical device company. Um, there are some aspects that might come back to what would be quality uh, tools. Because if you also collect, for example, some feedback about, about the system or about the device you sell or some uh, customer general feedback, then it could start to become a gray area. So just the marketing itself might not be. And this is sometimes a little bit uh, exactly what such a checklist can help you to come up with. So if you have specific questions, that would help you to uh, exactly rationalize why you did that or why not. And that is exactly what an inspector would probably ask you to. Exactly. So now um, I am a medical device manufacturer. I am using some EQMS or some uh, MRP or ERP or some clinical data software, etc. Um, I bought that over the counter, I can say. <laughs> so it's not like a customized tool. It's something that uh, I bought directly. Um, what, what should I do from there? So should I ask the vendor of this software to provide me the validation? Mm -hmm. Or is it me who should do the validation? Or what kind of validation is this? I mean, this is mainly the, the point where people are asking, okay, what should I do now? What is exactly mm -hmm. the solution here? Yeah. And so my general answer would be, it depends. And uh, <laughs> there are several uh, cases. 
normally uh, first step should be to have exactly first some requirements. And this is sometimes you have uh, some software that you use for specific cases that maybe even the vendor didn't have, have in mind. So you should still have, from my perspective, always a piece of this validation. So you can't buy a fully validated solution from your customer because I have many customers that use, for example, uh, Jira, maybe you heard about that for yeah. many different purposes. So to track uh, uh, tickets, bugs from their system, but also sometimes to do post-market surveillance in general and many different activities, which are process that you can implement in such a system, but this is your own process. This is your intended use of that system. And maybe the uh, producer of the software had the totally different uh, standards that he was following in here. And this is, for me, the first step is collecting exactly your requirements. What is your intended use of the software? So what do you plan to do with it? And based on that, then you can, that is the ideal world, find the mapping software. So we help also sometimes to select uh, the corresponding software on the market, an ERP or an EQMS, and there might be several. And here you can have a deeper dive in, okay, what is the quality management system of your supplier? Is he used to work in the medical device industry? Does he know what I'm talking about when we talk about uh, all these uh, regulations? Uh, does he follow that or does he also sell it in, I don't know, fully other unregulated parts? And maybe he has a totally different understanding and no quality systems. And this is, I would say, one of the first steps is exactly qualify your supplier. So what, what is he really doing? Qualifying can mean uh, sending kind of questionnaire or studying what is uh, available on, on some big uh, software providers you would not audit as a maybe small company. So they would not uh, let you in, like we talked about Atlassian. If you are a small startup, no way that you will be able to audit them. But there are a few things you can find on the internet, white papers to make yourself aware. Okay, is it really just one small company building a software in their garage and uh, having no clue about my, my branch where we are working with. And this is exactly disqualification. And this should be also one of the first steps that can derive then. Um, for each system, it will be different. So normally, uh, you would describe exactly these activities in a validation plan where you say, OK, my supplier, I qualified it. I got already all this documentation. So what is the delta? Or if you don't have that, you can still buy it from the garage company, but then maybe you need to do more activities uh, to compensate the risk right, associated to this uh, lacking of quality systems. I mean, you, you can, as you said, also, you can also do some kind of also basic um, validation, like mm -hmm. first, can, can, my, can I use uh, my username and another password and normally I should not enter in the system or now I use my username and my password and I enter in the system. Uh, when I look at a document, I have the, do I have the right to look at, the, to find this document or not? I mean, these are kind of basic information, mm -hmm. but this can be a first step, if I can say, to, mm -hmm. uh, to really show. Maybe additionally to what the, the vendor will be sending you, adding some basic check that you have done yeah. with the system on, as you said, on how you will use it uh, yeah. can be can be, uh, can be be a good method. Is there some kind of standard or some kind of methodology that people should maybe look at when they are looking at the validation? Hey, just a second. Do you need an EU, Swiss or UK representative? Then choose Easy Medical Device. We can represent you and also become your importer. Contact us at eo at easymedicaldevice.com. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There is a very old uh, that you might have heard from the FDA, which is uh, from, I think, 2002 or something like that, which is called General Principle of Software Validation, which is uh, a good source of information what uh, software validation can be about. A very broad standard that is used quite a lot in pharma and also in medical device industry is called GAMP5. You might yeah. have heard about that. Yeah. Good automated manufacturing practices. This is, uh, uh, I would say, 500 or 600 pages book uh, that <laughs> talks a lot about uh, exactly how you can do that. So uh, it can be a bit overwhelming for people, but this is really a, a famous standard uh, used quite a lot in, in this branch. And I think this is giving quite a lot of these advices that we are just talking about right now in, in the brief ray. But uh, essentially what you said, the testing these basic functionalities is usually something that I would recommend to not spend too much of the time. So normally if you qualify a supplier and found it uh, a good one, um, what, what I usually recommend to do, and this is also what GAMP recommends to do, is per functionality that you describe in your intended use, you can have a mapping. Is that a standard functionality? Is it something that I configured specifically for my purposes? Or is it even something that I was custom made from my side uh, for my exact purpose? Then usually you have a certain uh, risk associated to that, a standard functionality if your supplier is good. I would not expect that you would retest all these functionalities yourself. On the other end, if it was specifically developed for you, you can't pretend, okay, uh, the supplier uh, qualified it, many other customers use it, this type of arguments you can't really bring, right? And exactly, exactly usually you, you perform a risk assessment uh, describing exactly in a rational way exactly those activities. So this is a standard functionality. The impact if something goes wrong would be, I don't know, I lose all my clinical data. Maybe I, it's still a high risk for me. I would still maybe test some of the activities. Um, in some case, uh, cases, you also have also procedural mitigation that you want to put in place. Like we talked, for example, about, okay, who can correct clinical data? Uh, if this is a requirement for your system that you need to be able to correct the clinical data, maybe here during the, this risk discussion, you would say, okay, but I don't want just one person to be able to do that. I want a specific second person to review and uh, ensure the rational is, is correct. This could be exactly uh, your instrument to perform per uh, requirement uh, a risk management, a risk assessment where you derive, okay, what do I need to do? Maybe I have nothing to do, supplier is good, standard functionality, I don't test. Maybe this one is a little bit more complex, was configured by us uh, specifically. I will test more deeply that the configuration is correct, that I can't uh, change clinical data with this role, for example, uh, if we follow that, um, that analogy. So all of that for me is uh, to be rationalized again. So first analyzing is my system relevant and then per requirement, per function that you use, analyzing a bit more uh, granularly, how can I mitigate the associated risks? Yeah, I agree. And um, uh, one thing that also people are misunderstanding sometimes is the fact that um, you have to do this validation or to get this validation, but you have it once and it's over. So then we don't look at that anymore. So what is your opinion on that? <laughs> yeah, that's a frequent mistake, uh, but now uh, volatile world today that is not really possible you don't just put one software version in place and you forget about it for the rest of of the life normally you will perform some changes of the modification you might uh, 
purchase a new version of the software. So each time you need to exactly recheck what are the changes here? How do they impact my data uh, that I already have it? Uh, which type of new function are there? How do I need to uh, mitigate potential risk with those new function? And where it becomes really more tricky is um, many customers, they use software as a service. So when, for example, an EQMS, you can buy uh, something that uh, off the shelf, let's say, that only the supplier is maintaining. So they have a certain, usually a web tool that you can access. You just log in and potentially they could change uh, the version uh, every day, every week, every month, depends on how the supplier is really dealing with that. But you can't pretend that, okay, I did it once, now for the rest of my life, uh, I have nothing to do with the validation. This is uh, the process is also to keep the validated state for the, all the life cycle. And even if you stop the system, you need still to uh, ensure you stop it in a controlled way, that the right. data that are in there are maybe migrated to a new system. So it's actually a never ending story. And after you, you first validated it, then you introduce what you call change management that we are used to more on the medical device product itself, but also for the quality tools, you need to have a change management in place to review uh, any modification, to also ensure that you follow the procedures that you, because introducing such a system means also defining, how do I maintain it? How do I manage it? For example, how do users get access? This is a classical issue. Okay. Can anyone, just because he's the best friend of the system administrator, get the privilege to be all of a sudden admin in the system? That should not be the case. Normally, you have a procedure that you make a request, then it is confirmed by the relevant people that you get this access, and then you have access only. Exactly. Normally, you review regularly. Is it still the right people? <laughs> Having access is now Munir suddenly admin. Why is that? And uh, you know, all these type of things is typically what you would conduct regularly. This is what you usually call a periodic review or, of a system. And this is also to ensure the validated state is not uh, is not in danger. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And yeah, we have this part of. Uh... Having the system, which is quite a system, the validation of it, but all the procedures that are to use it um, correctly and everybody's following the same rules is also important. Even the procedure for validation of such software should be there. So it's it's really a, a, be a lot of layers of information mm -hmm. that should be there. It's not just uh, one. And uh, yeah, because each time you go to an audit, the first question is, do you have a procedure? Then prove me that you are following this procedure, etc. So there are a lot of evidences that are Absolutely, uh, provided yeah. here. Mm -hmm. um, how then, so do you have some advice mainly of how companies can reduce the, the, the burden, the, the work, the, the difficulty, the stress when we are starting to talk about validation of quality, uh, quality tools? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's an important aspect because what I just described can be overwhelming. And I have many customers say, if we do that, <laughs> yeah, we are only busy doing that. And this is not building our product further, right? Uh, in the first way. But yeah, there are many things you can do. So first is uh, what I mentioned before is uh, selecting suppliers that, uh, that have the right expertise in, in that area. So 
talked about so this. These are, these are suppliers of uh, products, so they should be on your approved supplier list. Yes, so they exactly. should follow the same supplier assessment, etc. Mm -hmm. If they are high-risk supplier or low-risk, if you should audit them, as you mentioned, or not, etc. Exactly, so yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they, are, they are really uh, considered as suppliers. So they, it's not like just vending you a system. They are supplier on your system. Then. Yeah, absolutely. That would be my understanding and my recommendation. And as I explained before, typically if you uh, qualify them and then if you see those are standard functionalities, this is for me then something you can drastically reduce the effort by really doing this a risk-based approach that, okay, good supplier, uh, standard functionality, I don't need to uh, do a lot of verification additionally on my side. So that could be a first uh, good hint to really uh, qualify your uh, supplier on that side. Okay. The second one could be exactly minimize the customization. So I think it is tempting to always try to do customization, but that's always with a certain additional risk that, uh, that can be problematic on the long term. So try maybe more to sometimes adapt your process to what the software is suggesting instead of changing the software to fit your processes, right? Yeah, but, but this is important because sometimes you have, uh, you go so from companies that are or not using any software, and then they have their procedure. And they try, as as you said, to say, "Oh, we are since ten years we are doing the Kappa system like that." Yes. But the uh, process tool is asking us this, that, 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 which we are, is not on our previous procedure. Can we remove those fields, or can we add new fields, etc.? And this is mainly one of the of the yeah, issues. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it is really less costly and uh, to really adapt to how the tool suggests because. The suppliers that have experience in this area, they usually come with a broader industry uh, perspective. And maybe you just have your own, uh, what can I say, business blindness that, okay, you always have been doing like that. So you want to do it exactly the same way, but in a system, that might be a wrong uh, strategy to, to implement, right? Exactly. And um, so, as we said, the auditor is really looking for that now. I mean, uh, the ISO 13485 is here. Uh, the new version with this in requirements is here since 2016 now. Mm -hmm. So uh, mainly this is common that the auditor is asking those information, those uh, questions, etc. So first, not being surprised by this question will show also to the auditor that you know about this topic, that you are managing. So it will not have the smile that we have. <laughs> <laughs> because as soon as we see the question mark on the head of the person, I say, okay, now we have I have a non-conformity here. Mm -hmm. So it is. Uh, I mean, we are not here to uh, reward ourselves with non-conformities, but it's just to say I I, I find I find uh, the, the the weak point here. Mm -hmm. And uh, the second, as we said, having a lot of justification of mm -hmm. why it should not be validated or why it should be validated, and what kind of validation is it? Is it directly coming from the supplier, which mm -hmm. is providing you the major ones and if you need to make some small validation by yourself to also show to the auditor that you have made the full package of it and having the right procedure. So this is really a, a package of things to do. And as you said, it can be also a lot of work for some manufacturers. So I suppose Vega can help uh, manufacturers about that. That uh, would be my last one. Uh, <laughs> if you have a burden like that, we are happy here to help exactly to, to lower that burden, to define the best procedure, which is also important because if you make a procedure where you shoot in your own leg to define, okay, I need to do all of that, which is maybe overkill, then you define yourself as an additional burden. So this strategical part, I think, is important to really think uh, twice, really, what is the right process and then to really conduct it. And here, maybe one important aspect as well is 
Um, when you do this validation, many customers that I know, they also have this classical approach. I create a lot of Word documents. I, if I need to do testing, I make it on the paper and I print it down and I write with a pen that I conducted that test, that, that, and that. Here, you could also leverage tools like a good EQMS. They sometimes have good solution where you can really manage also your software validation. So have your requirements traced in the system, have your changes, your risks, your tests. Of course, you need first to validate it <laughs> to be able to use it to conduct exactly. validation. So it's a little bit chicken and egg problem. Or <laughs> but yeah. that could be also a way to, to reduce the effort because uh, uh, conducting all these activities per hand and ensuring you have the full traceability and the documentation is, is, is right can be quite cumbersome if you don't use proper instrument for that. And, exactly. Uh, and uh, just to maybe to make the promotion of also the tool that we are using. So uh, Easy Medical Device, we are in collaboration with SQ Technologies and we are using uh, SmartEye as an EQMS tool. And we know all those questions because we got our customers and each time there is an audit, they ask us, can you send me your validation documentation? Can you send me this and that? And we have those documents that we can send that to them. So uh, we know uh, very well about that. But we know also that uh, some other providers are um, giving some kind of templates to mm -hmm. uh, to the to the people and say, do it by yourself. But I say, yeah. if you are not knowledgeable on all that, I mean, getting templates is not really helping you you at all. But um, yeah, as I said, having partners like Vega also can help to uh, make that happen. Apart from validations like that, so what can, why people should contact Vega? Mm -hmm. Well, you talked about that at the beginning. We talked about also this, okay, uh, software development versus uh, QA array world. So this is also something we do quite a lot is to help uh, really, how can I say, improving the process of software development and ensuring this is compliant, training the people to understand both sides of, uh, let's say, the dark and the light side of, uh, of the software development. And generally, anything that has to do with digitalization, so introducing new, new software, uh, having a software development process, this is really the area where we are specialized and uh, that we can help really to to design and optimize the processes and um... great so anything about software or development design super validation etc don't hesitate to call vega so vega they are not so far from where i am because they are also in basel yeah, uh, in in, uh, in switzerland so uh, yeah i think uh, it's a really great uh, city if you want to meet a lot of uh, providers for pharma because we have here a big pharma also like novartis uh, roche and everyone uh, headquarter, but we have also providers, uh, service provider that can help you for for this kind of Excellent. thing. Yeah. Um, great. So to mention, we are just uh, in Basel located, but we have also customers in the whole uh, world. Yeah. Actually. So I see Germany, if I remember, Austria, uh, maybe Germany, um, France, Benelux. So majority of customers in Europe, but we do have as well some in the US and. Uh, so if you have questions, don't hesitate to, to contact me. It's not exactly. And I, I will put all the details on the show notes so to get uh, the information from uh, from uh, uh, Christophe and Vega. Also some, I think, uh, links that you sent to me about uh, some uh, some uh, some elements related to the topic of today. Uh, so everything will be on the show notes, so don't hesitate to go and check that. And if you have any questions, you can contact directly Christophe and, and having that. Okay, Christophe, it was really a pleasure. So I thank you really for all the information you provided. And I wish you a nice day. Yeah, thank you so much, Munir. Have a nice Bye. day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.